Hi, Rav Judy here with Masechet Idiot, Parakeh Mishnah Bed, dedicated towards the Schut of Rafua Shlema for Tova Miriam Bat Devorah Mindel. So Parak Dalid had a whole lot of Mishnayot of particular areas where Beit Hillel was stringent and Beit Shammai was actually lenient. The beginning of Parakeh, the prior Mishnah, had Rabbi Yehuda saying, by the way, there are six more things. That was his test and his Edut in Idiot. In this Mishnah, we have Rabbi Yossi's testimony of six more things that Beit Shammai was lenient and Beit Hillel was machmir. And heads up, there will be a couple more Mishnah. These are each rabbi coming forward to testify what he was aware of. So this is Rabbi Yossi's additional testimony. Rabbi Yossi Omer, There are six more things that are of the leniencies of Beit Shammai where Beit Hillel is stringent. Here comes number one. It is forbidden by uh, by rabbinic decree. It's forbidden by Torah decree to mix or to cook together meat and dairy. You can't eat meat and dairy together. You can't even cook them together. By rabbinic decree, there's exera against even putting them on the same table lest you come to cook them. So you can't have on the table meat and cheese, even if they're, you know, if they're on the same table. What people do, by the way, if they're having a separate meal, let's say you're sharing a meal with a coworker, is one person eats on a placemat or on a napkin or something that's sort of separating so that you're not really on the table. Anyway, so that's the rule about meat and cheese. What about fowl? Like chicken. So since fowl and cheese is a dirabanan, the Beit Shammai agrees to that it's usser. It's forbidden to have chicken and cheese together, turkey and cheese together, turkey and dairy together. So what happens about putting them on the same table, though? Can you put fowl, meat of fowl, on the table with cheese or, frankly, any dairy product? Beit Shammai says yes, because since it's a dirabanan to have them mixed, the dirabanan, the rabbinic rule against even having them on the same table, doesn't apply. Beit Hillel says no, it's the same rule. You're not allowed to put them on the same table at the same time. Second, Tormim Zetim Ahashemen Va'anavim Alayayim Ketivri Beit Shammai Beit Hillel Omrim Ein Tormin. Okay, so what happens? You have to take truma. You have a, a batch of olives, let's say, or grapes. So there's a certain portion that needs to be taken aside as truma and given to a kohen. Fine, that's normal. What happens if you have olives mixed in with olive oil or grapes mixed in with wine? Can you take from the grapes and the wine for all of it? Or can you take just from the grapes for all of it and keep the wine? Take just from the olives for the olives and the oil because the oil or the wine emerged from that fruit? Or, no, you need to take from the olives a certain portion for the olives and from the oil for the oil. From the grapes for the grapes, from the wine for the wine. You know, can you, if they're all mixed together, could you just take from the fruit for the whole thing? Shammai says yes, Hillel says no. Three, Hazorea Arba Amot Shebekerem. So if one, let's say, has a vineyard, there is a biblical prohibition against cross-planting other seeds in close proximity. So you can't plant a vineyard and then right next to it, you mix in some wheat. It's completely usterderaisa, it's, it's biblically prohibited, and you have to rip out those vines as well as that wheat. What happens, what's the distance? So as long as there is a full four amot or more between them, so four amot is six to eight feet, so you have your you have your vineyard row, then there's six to eight feet of, let's say, workspace, so you can stand there and tend the vine, and more than that away, you now plant some weed or other seeds, then that's okay. But if you do it at at that proximity. So what now happens? So according to Beit Shammai, 
only uh, obviously the wheat is out and the uh, and one that one row of vine is out has to be ripped out it's now kidesh literally sanctified but not sanctified in a good holy way set aside as forbidden kodesh means literally to set is usually to set aside the Ramban explains so it's been set aside as forbidden so you rip out that row of grapevines Behil says you do two rows why because the Torah talks about if this is in a um, in a vineyard. A vineyard is more than one row. And so Behel says you have to not only take out the wheat, but you have to take out two rows of vines. Okay, next one. Hameisa, Beit Shammai Potrin, Beit If you take flour and water, you mix them together into a dough. And then instead of taking that dough and baking it as a bread, where you would have to take challah off of it, you'd have to remove some of the, the dough for the kohanim. And nowadays, since kohanim are tahor, we burn it, but you'd have to remove it. What if you boiled it? That's not really bread, is it? Beit Shammai says it's not bread, even it's boiled dough, it doesn't qualify, you don't have to take challah off of it. Behil says, yes, you do. Next, madbilin bechardalit, kedivri Beit Shammai, behil omim ein madbilin. Let's say it's been raining and there is a stream of water, but it's not like a regular stream, like a river. It's a stream of rainwater, it's a torrent, it's just a flood coming down. Are you allowed to tovel things in that? Can you say, ooh, 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 here comes the stream. It's coming down my street. I live on a nice hill. I will put a brand new spoon or fork into it to tovel it instead of taking it to the mikvah. How convenient. So are you allowed to do that? Beit Shammai says yes, because even though rainwater, it has to be 40 sa'a, which is a larger size, that's the minimum size of a mikvah. This stream of water, if you take it from, even though right here there isn't that much, from its beginning to its end, the total will be 40 sa'a. And so you got it underwater in the stream. That's good enough. Pehila says, no, 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 no. Springs work that way. This is not a spring. This is rainwater. Rainwater has to be collected. It has to be still in order for it to be a mikvah. And this is not still. It's no good. Finally, so Shama says, if somebody converts to Judaism on Erev Pesach, Shama says, great. So they, they've had their, their circumcision, they've accepted Mitzvah, they tova, they go to a mikvah. So they go to a mikvah and then they can eat Pesach that night. They're a Jew that night. Behil says, when one is circumcised and they are separating, literally separating from their foreskin, being separated from their non-Judaism and from their, from their not having been circumcised, so that is like a separating from an old life. There's a new life here. And separation from life makes a person tummy. It's going to take a week and all the proper steps to become tahor the same way one would if they were in contact with a dead body. So no Pesach for you this time. Maybe Pesach Sheni afterwards.